Welcome to the Man Up God's Way podcast, a show that dives into the real, raw, and relevant issues for men in their faith, life, and community. Now, your host, Jody Birkin. All right, guys, here we are again on another Monday night, and uh, my name is Jody Birkin. I'm your host of the Man Up God's Way podcast. We want to welcome you. If you get an opportunity, would you please share this with all your friends on your social media platforms uh give us a a like follow us uh, also on our podcast platform podomatic you can go there and subscribe to all of our podcasts that we have each week and uh, we're excited to be here tonight thank you for joining us Uh, we actually have a pretty special guest here tonight we'll introduce him here in just a minute but for goza how you doing brother i'm doing good man another day another dollar dollar. are we making a dollar here no, <laughs> <laughs> nope, not at all. So, we, we um, I as, as I said earlier, we got a, a special guest. I should say special guest, other than mentally, um, he is kind of a little special. He rode the short bus in, but uh, he has uh, been here before, and he is back with us again, Mister Ben Neely. How are you, brother? What's up? How are you? Good Man, to be back. I'm glad to have good you. To see dude. you guys. It's good to have you here, dude. Came in here to pull this thing out of the gutter. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Best of luck to you. We were struggling, man. (laughs) I had a friend tell me earlier, you're just a man, not a miracle worker. (laughs) Yeah, we're uh, pretty far in the gutter sometimes, so glad glad to have you back, dude. So um, actually, next week, I've got a guest on uh, the podcast. His name is Tanner. And uh, uh, this past weekend, I went to South Carolina with my wife, and on the way there, we got a phone call and it was a Seattle phone number. I picked it up and uh, it happened to be this guy. I'd never talked to him before whatsoever. And um, his name is Tanner. And he just, he just like, man, I, you know, I appreciate, I think he actually, he, I lied, he'd left me a message and I called him back. And so uh, uh, on the way there with my wife, I had a 13 hour drive. So we just, you know, shooting the breeze and talking to people. And then I happened to just talk to him and, um, he told me his te- he gave me his testimony and his wife was sitting there with him and he was just talking about how he'd been listening to the podcast and uh how you know man you know I I just love those guys that you got on there for Goza and Ben and all the stuff that you guys are talking about and um so I wanted to encourage Ben this weekend and I went and at uh, at church and I said hey man you're not going to believe this so I told him the testimony as well and he's like man I've been thinking about getting back on the podcast I was like well come on let's do it yeah. so we got you a seat there today. Yeah, just just so people know, I mean, uh, without getting into uh, you know a, a long conversation or a bunch of details, I've had to step back from a few things in my life mm-hmm. just to focus on some some things that are important and and uh, make sure my household was in order and some other stuff. So I'm glad to be back. I'm in a much different place right now, Amen. and uh, I'm glad to be here with you two. You guys have done a great job. I've been watching here and there. And it's just great to see what's going on, you know, at the podcast and all the conversations and guests and all the things that are going on behind the scenes. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been it's been a good year that we've been uh, been doing this, and uh, we have over hundred thousand downloads. We're in over two hundred countries right now That's that awesome. have been listening to it, and so I've been looking at the stats lately just to to see where we are. And God is just really blessing us, and uh, we're we're going to start getting some. Um, uh, so some sponsors, advertisers, which uh, we got got in the uh, back burner right now. So God is doing a major, major work. So 
Um, guys, if you get an opportunity, we also have an app. Uh, you can go and download that on iTunes as well as Google Play. It's a really, really good app. It's a community app, and uh, we have so many guys on there. And oh, great. Sneeze. Oh, my gosh. You I just told Fergosa not to do that. <laughs> Before we started, <laughs> I was hacking and... Uh, uh, I got allergies. I'm taking this moment right now to, to do me, it. Dude. You know what, guys? I can't do this. I can't do it. I got to go. I'm out. That was perfect, though. Because before we started, you said, man, you better not so be hacking. I said, you better not be hacking and snotting over there. And here I sneeze out of the Oh, my noise. gosh. <laughs> so funny. Uh, anyway, the app. If you get an opportunity, guys, go download the app. It is free. Uh, it's a great community app. We got some good tools on there as well. Uh, coming really, really soon. Uh, Fergoza's pushing me pretty hard that we're going to have some Bible studies on there. You're going to be able to uh, join us live on a Thursday morning. We're going to call it Thursday Theology, and we'll d be doing some Bible teaching on there. Uh, you can join us live on Zoom, or later on, you'll be able to catch it on recording. So uh, download the app. And uh, Fergoza, what about our books? So uh, these are, again, uh, we're not making money. This is how you guys support us. So uh, we got the first book here. This is uh, the first one that you wrote, mm -hmm. uh, Man Up. And uh, the second one is Pursuit of a Godly Life. Amen. Boom. Uh, you guys are very familiar with them if you've seen the show at all. Uh, we have mugs, T-shirts, all that stuff uh, on the website. That's how you support us. Uh, I'll share it in the chat. No, thanks, brother. Thanks, brother. So, so Ben, you've been uh, just getting closer to God, getting closer to your spouse. Things are going well, really well. Yeah, I mean, you know, Good. me and Stacy, we've been married almost seven years now. And right after we got married, we started this church, got married, you know, what, a month later, mm -hmm. two months later. And uh, really just jumped into everything, jumped into serving, jumped into uh, right. ministry leadership. I had things going on with you with Man Up and stuff like that. And uh, sometimes you just got to take a step back and just make sure that your priorities are right, mm -hmm. uh, that your marriage is strong, that your household is, is strong. All the stuff that you, you put in the book. Right. All the stuff that you put in the book that you can let get away from you. So right, exactly. I ha I've had to step back from a few things, slow my life down a little, and just focus on my wife mm -hmm. um, and vice versa, her too. Right. So uh, it's been great. Uh, we Obviously, we've had some uh, – I've got a great pastor. No. Uh, who's poured into me and some other yeah. friends and an assistant pastor that's you started that's, going somewhere else <laughs> yeah. yeah that's good good for you man that's great yeah that's wonderful but it's been it's been good yeah good so it's much needed right i can see uh i can see a major difference yeah it's good good well to be honest i'm glad to have you back um i i was telling somebody the other day kind of the um the, the type of people that we have around the table, it's like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be the wise one, you know, around the table. We've got you for, um, you know, the, the devil's advocate along with um, a little uh, uh, comic relief. We've got Fergoza over there that definitely plays devil's advocate, and uh, it, it works really well. So yeah. I think we've got, a, we've got a good crew here. So. Yeah, I mean, I got to the point where I was sitting on this podcast sometimes talking about things and given advice over the years of things that I wasn't living out. Mm -hmm. uh, and you taught me a long time ago, that's going to, that's going to show through sometime. Yeah. So that that's, that's why I got uncomfortable. And there were just some nights that I didn't even want to come because I wasn't living the life that I, that I should have been. I wasn't living 
the life and the way that I should be over here giving men advice about right. a good marriage or this, that, or the other. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's nothing major in our marriage. Right. There's no adultery. There's none right. of that. It was none of that stuff. It was just every day making sure that I was washing my wife with the word that I'm, right. that I'm doing the things that she needs me to do before I go out and try to save the world. Yeah. It's easy to preach. It's hard it's to abso- live. Man. It's absolutely. It is. It is hard to live. And, we need guys uh, in our lives to come alongside of us to make sure that we're doing that uh, often and uh, encouraging each other and admonishing each other and keeping each other accountable, accountable to, um, you know, just live in the way that we, we talk, yeah. you know, you've got to, you've got to put up or shut up. And um, I think uh, a lot of Christian guys don't do that. Unfortunately, yeah. you know, we, we like to tell everybody how to do it, but we don't necessarily want to do it. So, well, that's the importance, too, of being so plugged in at a church and hanging out with people. Because sooner or later, if you're hanging out with a lot of Christians, it's going to come out. Right. You know, it's easy to hide if you're not spending time with Christians, if you're yes. not, uh, you know, doing life groups or, you know, doing ministry with people or getting involved with people. But um, luckily, I'm in, an, I'm in a church and with a family close enough that it's, not, it's never going to go too far. Right. There's always going to be at some point myself or my wife is going to cry out to someone and say, listen, we need help. Right. Right. And that's, and that's what we should do. Yeah. You know, it's, there's nothing worse than waking up one day and, you know, being in a relationship. And the next thing you know, it's, you know, 30 years later and you're sitting across from somebody that yeah. you don't even know, you know, that's right. we, we've got to make sure that we continue in those things and have tough conversations and, um, you know, just make sure that we, uh, live it out. And flesh it yeah. out. You know, sometimes we got to flesh it out, talk it out. Uh, that's the great thing about sanctification, uh, just being able to walk through that and let God kind of move you each day uh, to the direction that he wants you to go. Yeah, and what so, I would tell men out there is just don't let the devil make you believe that a reset is not a good thing sometimes. Amen. Sometimes we need to reset. Yeah. Uh, and that, that can be done a lot of different ways. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean you have to step back from ministry or step out of the podcast like I did. It might, it might not be that drastic, but every once in a while you need it. We, we, you may need a reset totally. and make sure that your, your household is in order, that your wife is feeling secure and, um, and valued and that, um, and that, she, that you don't get to a point where ministry becomes your first ministry, right. your marriage is your first ministry Amen. because the answer to that question of what good, and I'm paraphrasing, what good can a man be to the church? If his household's not in order, the answer to that question is he can't, can't. he yeah. can't, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And there's, you guys have a, a tougher road at that. You know, your first ministry is your family is right. your wife. And when things, you know, start falling apart, you kind of, oh, okay, I got to go back and I have to reset. When things start going apart, like falling apart for me, I have to run to this pot. So it's really easy for me yeah. to always be here, right? Because right. if things are not going well, I run to ministry. Sure. I'm like, oh, I got to reset, get back to, you know, making sure that I'm serving, reading my Bible every day. I got to really focus some time in on the podcast. Yeah. Like there's no life to, you know, to go to, to, to make my first ministry. This is my first ministry. Well, in this first Corinthians, I think seven that talks about that. Paul says, listen, if you, if you don't have to get married, as long as you're not going to burn out of lust, don't get married because then you can focus on the Lord. Man, I'm telling you and what. That's, the but other, I can tell you I, hope, yeah, real quick. I want to say one more thing. Yeah. I was saved in 2009. I really committed to the Lord in 13. I've been single 
I was single from 09 to 16, and I would not give up marriage at all. Amen. It's such a blessing. Now, that yeah. doesn't mean that, you know, you should, if you don't want to get married, don't get married, but I'm telling you that there is such, it's such a blessing to be married and having right. that favor on your life. Proverbs, what is it? That uh, he that finds a wife finds a good, good thing, thing and attains favor of the mm-hmm. Lord. That was the verse for my marriage. And I can tell you that my life is it has been blessed by having Stacy in it. Right, wrong, or indifferent. Right. Bad times, good times. Um, it's I've, I've, I, I know that the Lord it favors me more that I've married this woman. So. Right. It was cool that you said uh, 1 Corinthians 7. <clears throat> Last Wednesday, I do a um, Wednesday morning Bible study at 630 in the morning. And we're going through 1 Corinthians right now. We just happened to hit chapter 7 and went through that whole thing. It's, it's all about marriage. And Paul's, you know, in context, he's saying, listen, if you can, can, if you can control the flesh, don't yeah, get married. Right. Because now you can do the Lord's work. You can do everything for the Lord. You're not stuck in a... Uh, in your marriage, you're not having to worry about your kids. You don't have to like, you know, expense wise, it's going to cost you less to be by yourself and you can go do the Lord's work. That night, um, we've got some guys up in Canada doing the man up Bible study and they've got about six or seven guys on a zoom meeting. They're just going through each chapter of the book. And, uh, they asked me to come and kind of start kick it off. And so I was just, you know, doing what I do, I just talk, and we were talking for 15, 20 minutes, and, and I was just kind of going through each chapter and letting them know what they would expect or should expect, and so on um, uh, the marriage chapter, I kind of stopped, and I, I spent a little bit more time on there, and there's three guys on there that were single, and they were asking the question, well, what are we, you know, what are we going to learn in this yeah. chapter, and it was like, holy cow, dude, let me tell you what God did this morning, you know, it was just an opportunity to to share with them and God just kind of opened up the door for, for that to explain to them. And they were like, Oh, okay. Now I get it. Okay. I can do that. Yeah. And if you're contemplating that, you know, those verses, I can tell you when I met Stacy and realized that I wanted to marry, I meditated on that verse, those mm-hmm. verses. Right. I meditate. And it was a, it was a, it was a decision between one or the other, but God just put this love in my heart for this woman that I just couldn't run from. Right. You know, that I just, I kept being drawn back, drew, drawn back to it. Right. You know, and so, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a real blessing, but it's been hard. It's it been is. real hard. And, um, I'm the type of person that when God calls, I go right. no matter what. Right. And sometimes you got to say no, well, that's because the whole thing your about wife needs you. If you were right? single, that's you right. Could, you could that's right. Gone. You right. It wouldn't have been any big deal. You could have gone and it wouldn't have been an issue yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. That's, you know, um, I'm blessed because I have a, a wife who understands my calling. I'm not saying yours doesn't. I'm saying, you know, as long as I've been in ministry and as busy as I am in ministry, I have an amazing wife who understands our call. And it's our calling. It's not just my yeah. calling. Uh, she had to get the call, too. And um, it's uh, it's something that as, as a Christian man and a married man, man, you need to be praying that that is it, ministry is where God wants you. If he calls you there, he's going to. Call your wife as well. He's going to confirm that through her. Uh, he'll confirm it through other people. And you just got to know without a shadow of a doubt, that's the direction that you got to yeah. go. Because if, you, if it's not, then ministry will become your first love. M- ministry will become your first ministry, and that's not the way that it should be done. You'll end up losing your family. Over. Yeah. That's why we see so many pastors falling, because we, we get 
you know, they get so stretched out, they get so spread out. And the next thing you know, they don't even know who their own family is. And so, man, I'm proud of you. Um, I appreciate you. You've, you've always been open, an open book. And, uh, you know, even with your trials and tribulations and ups and downs and blessings and you've, you're, you're, you're a good man, um, becoming a better man every single day. And, uh, it's awesome. I, I love seeing Stacy and, uh, the big smile I see on her yeah. face too. So it's good. It's good. Yeah. I was sitting there last night. We were reading the Bible together. So I'm doing a year long devotion and there's a year long Bible reading and I've never read the Bible this way. I read it from front to back two or three times. Right. So now it's it's doing like a couple of chapters from a book in the Old Testament and then a chapter in the New Testament and you're you're kind of seeing how they correlate right. when they do they don't always correlate. Well, about a month after I started mine, we started doing it together back over. Mm -hmm. So I'm literally reading the Bible all the way through twice this year. Awesome. Mine and hers will go in a little bit in the next year because right. we're behind. But I was sitting there last night, and uh, I've been reading the Bible out loud to her. She comprehends better if she just hears it. And I'm literally sitting there last night reading. I'm thinking like I'm washing my wife with the word. That's it. Like exactly. I'm reading it to her. And I think she wanted me to read it to her by that design. Right. She's pretty smart. Right. She discerns yes. <laughs> really well, right? She's not a dope. And, um, and she comprehends it better. And right. when, you know, at the end, if, if one of us has a question or we discuss something, but a lot of times right now we're just reading through it and we're just letting the word soak into us together That's as a great. couple, you know? That's awesome. Yeah, it's been, it's good. been, it's been real good. It's hard to take a step back when you're so involved, mm -hmm. but through, through great guidance and that's, you know, you and um, our assistant pastor, it's, it's been, uh, I've, I've come to realize that it was it, not only necessary, but it's the, it's been, it's the will of God Amen. because there's been revival in my heart. Uh, I think there's been revival in her heart yeah. and this is new. Like my marriage hasn't been this good in my opinion. Now I can't speak for Stacy right. uh, since, since the day we got married. Amen. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's good. And I, I appreciate you. I appreciate everybody that's uh, prayed for us and, uh, and that uh, has, uh, has uh, poured into us and, and, and we're doing, we're doing well. That's great, dude. Yeah. Good. Well, I was excited when Tanner, I was talking to Tanner and he was just his testimony was like, man, that Ben guy, that forgoes the guy. And I was like, I got to tell Ben this next weekend when I see him. So, uh, so that, that brought you back when I, well, told and it's you. good because it's good. I'm in a new place and that's yeah. what I told you. I said, you know, I felt, I feel like I'm in a new place. That's I'm great. glad you said that, you know, I'm glad. Well, good. Well, we're glad to have you back. So. Um, guys, coming up March 31st, uh, we have a the Man Up God's Way National Retreat, and we're really excited about what's going on there. Uh, it is in Bourbon, Missouri. It's about an hour and a half outside of St. Louis, uh, Missouri, and um, it's all weekend, uh, March 31st through April 2nd. Uh, it's all-inclusive, uh, your food, your room, your board, um, the uh, uh, speakers. Um, we got this guy that's going to be doing music i don't know who it is i think his name's fergoza he's a joke uh, he's a joke isn't he um <laughs> but yeah we got fergoza doing our worship music uh we got some amazing speakers just a great time uh, it's 175 dollars for the weekend that includes your food the speakers uh all got, kinds of fun stuff don't we have fastest pastor 
Oh, we had the fastest pastor. We got the fastest pastor, Don Workstrom, showing up. He's going to bring his car, too. We're excited about that. Yeah. It's going to be a race car. This dude has uh, driven up, or let me rephrase that, raced up uh, Pikes Peak in Colorado three times. Crashed twice, finally finished it once. Um, dude's just, he's he's crazy, but, man, does he have a heart for the Lord. Um, excited to, to hug his neck. We've been talking a, a bunch over the last three or four months. Uh, we also have um, Stephen Snook, which uh, ended up spending 19 years in prison for a, a drug deal gone bad. Uh, he was the drug dealer, by the way. Uh, he'll tell you his story, uh, just what he did. And let me tell you something. That dude spent a lot of time in lockup. And based on his testimony, he led more people to the Lord than uh, most people do um, outside of the church. So that was in solitaire that he was leading people to the Lord. And uh, he's going to be able to tell his testimony there. So we're really excited. Uh, so make sure you go. You can go to the website, manupgodsway.org, and register. And bring your whole group, man. We'd love to have a whole group. Uh, it's limited to about 200 people. Uh, we'd love to keep it as small and intimate as we possibly can. So make sure that you sign up today. So yeah, I'll share the link. Awesome. Yep. Make sure you do that. But awesome. Well, good. Glad to have everybody here. Um, this uh, next week, uh, on our our guest is Tanner. Uh, he's going to come and tell his testimony about what God's doing in his life and. Hear, uh, hear his story. It's going to be really cool uh, next Monday night. But so Tanner's just a guy that was listening to the podcast? So he was listening to the podcast. Right. Uh, he listened to one, and then he listened to all of them, like back to back to back to back. <laughs> like just, he bought yeah. he bought my book, um, you know, just, you know, just fell in love with the ministry. Right. And the next thing you know, he's, he's calling, he's trying to get a hold of me, he's emailing me, he's texting, you know, just want to talk and... Uh, let us know, you know, just what we've done in his life, and uh, it was really cool. So we're going to have him on next week. It'll be fun to to hear him talk. Well, so, Tanner, if you're listening, can't wait to meet you. Yeah, that'll be fun. It'll be fun. So he's got he's got a great story. He'll be glad to know that you're back because he's like, well, how come Ben wasn't on all the other ones? So he'll be glad to know that you're back next week. Awesome. But so we got some crazy stuff going on in the, in the world today. Um, we uh before the podcast started we were talking about just the the craziness that's going on with the banking system um you know it looks yeah. like uh what three now or four um, banks it's have collapsed. Tough to, yeah so um it's tough to say exactly i've been following it a little bit since friday so i think mm -hmm. silicon valley bank and just so just so we're clear we are not mm -hmm. trying to cause a stir with this but it's interesting <laughs> Um, we did have a, a bank and it's the second bank or the second largest bank in us history. Um, since I think, uh, 2008 is what I, is what I, I believe was reading. so. Yeah. And so it was, uh, Silicon Valley, uh, bank. And then, um, following that another, maybe a subsidiary, subsidiary of that bank crashed. Um, and then there was another one. I got some overlays here. Um, I think Signature was the other one. Yeah, so Silicon Valley Bank was the first one. That was Friday. And then I think maybe uh, this new one, <clears throat> this could be, you know, really new news right now, um, Signature Bank. I that I heard about it when I started looking right. up for tonight's show. I was grabbing overlays, and uh, I saw that one pop up. So that's super fresh. I don't know much about that. Mm -hmm. 
but it's interesting to to see what's going on with our financial system and we know we've been you know inching towards a recession and and that kind of i think the only relevance of of why we're talking about it on the show is it brings up every single christian just starts you know down this rabbit hole of what's what and all the above is and this I would, the end? Yeah, the end I would time? just say, get all your money out of the bank. <laughs> right. <laughs> I would just say that, you know, in all of it, what we wanted to talk about tonight was the sovereignty of God, mm. regardless of what is happening, regardless of if, you know, the economy crashes, you know, we are not subject to to Rome. Render right. under Caesar that which is Caesarous, you know, if money goes away, like God is still God. Right. Um, we're, we're a lot of us are going to be screwed. We need to learn how to. <laughs> I can like, do the wilderness. You guys might be screwed. We're, we're going. Dude, I can do the wilderness. I'm not worried. I don't want to. I'm just saying. I kind of like the heat and, you know, and the air conditioning that I currently have. But uh, as long as I'm alive, my family will eat. So. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just, been, this brings to mind, I just finished watching some of the best TV ever that netflix has put out they have a new show called um outlast i saw that i i, I didn't click on. i it, do not I watch it. shows i chastise people for watching shows but i saw a clip of this show and some of them like they say that like good reality tv has good villains they got a couple of villains in it whoa it's That's the fun. worst the worst. I've never wanted justice more <laughs> in my entire life. It's so bad. Yeah, oh, it's crazy. so bad. It, it turns into Lord of the Flies right. really, really quickly. Really? Oh, yeah. So if you want to see what's going to happen with this financial crash, just watch Outlast, yeah. and that's basically <laughs> what we're happen? in for. Um, well, let's pray that it doesn't happen. God, yeah. Timothy, Second Timothy talks about... Um, you know, difficult times will come in the last days in uh, chapter 3. It says, For men's, men will be lovers of self and lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irrig... Irri <laughs> I can't even say that. Irreconcilable. Uh, How do you say that? I just went brain dead. Uh, malicious see. gossips. I can't, I can't even say it. Um Without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceit, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to forms of ungodliness, um, although they do not deny its power. Avoid such men as, as these, for among them, the, the those who are in our, into households and captive weak women weighed down with sins, led on by various impulses, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. Just as James and John Bray opposed Moses, uh, so these men also oppose the truth. Men of depraved mind, rejected in regard to faith, but they will not make further progress, for their folly will be obvious to all, just as James and John Bray's folly was also. You look back at that first couple verses, I mean, it sounds like what's going on now. You look at, you know, for men will be lovers of self. We have probably one of the most conceited, selfish um, generations of our time. I thought you, know you were going to say co-hosts. They are co-hosts, yes. <laughs> I was like, no, that's messed up. He's calling me out right now. Um, generations of our time. I mean, all you got to do is look at social media for five minutes. Yeah. It is literally, let me take a picture of myself. Let me love myself. Let me show myself. Let me do all that. Uh, lovers of money. I mean, mm. you look at... Social media again, you know, if you're not TikTok rich or if you're not YouTube 
famous or if you you're not driving something or a large car i mean it's just killing our kids um and most adults you know thinking that they're not good enough they have they have this mentality that oh everybody else has got it better than me there's a there's an interesting thing that's happening with social media and it's a disparity between what people believe average Mm -hmm. is and then what it actually is so i was watching something the other day and there's this younger kid uh, on there, probably in his 20s. Uh, I think, yeah, <clears throat> low 20s, maybe mid. And he said, man, uh, if you don't have a Lambo and you're already in your 20s, like, you don't have an excuse anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, yeah. like, maybe he, maybe he has a point. Maybe uh, making money online, you know, if you grew up, if you grew up in it, mm-hmm. maybe it's that easy. Well, there's, you know, there's a lot of people that have said that I've heard over the last couple of years that, covid changed the workplace and that that's true to a degree but the the fact of the matter is the reason why some of these companies are struggling getting employees is because it's too easy to hustle right yeah it's exactly what you're it's too easy to hustle right and it's too easy to make money hustling nowadays without having to go and listen to what a boss is telling you to do and this that and the other these kids are making millions on the internet that is true i mean you know I'm I'm guilty of it. I but it, but it Stacy become- gave away oh sorry. Stacy oh, gave away a dresser the other day. Okay? She this hasn't even been two weeks ago. This lady came and got it. She we just saw it online for hundred and sixty five dollars. <laughs> now no Stacy knew what she was gonna do. Right. She knew the lady did this. Right. Stacy just wanted it out of the garage. It was right. something that she never worked on, and she gave it to the lady. Yeah. She she in 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 two weeks she's turned around one hundred and sixty five dollars profit. Right, yeah, exactly. you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it's easy. I mean, if you're if if that's your goal is to make money, you can get out and make money if you hustle. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of what these kids do though is they they want to figure out some easy way to make money. Yeah, you know, I mean, hustling. Okay, yeah, go ahead. I mean, if you go to marketplace or um you know a lot of free stuff on marketplace if you're just go and pick that up and flip it mm-hmm. you're gonna make i mean even if you make weekend money you're yeah, making yeah. money you know it's a lot easier than going out mowing yards right. you know as a kid why yeah. not do that you know and but i think i think what we're looking at now is you know when you look at the this this prophetic word that that paul has given timothy um he's laying out really where we are today and probably every generation if you look back well, since it, the day of Pentecost. i mean well, the last days have been going on since, since the day, the day of, of Pentecost, jesus, yeah, right since the day of jesus right you know died and uh, the holy spirit dropped upon us exactly so um but you know boastful arrogant revilers yeah um disobedient to parents like yeah. it's just it just seems like it's going to hell in a handbasket yeah. and it and it's you know, I'm I'm starting to get to that age where you know it's like uh, it, it is getting close to the end. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. starting to get older. And it's like, yeah, the end is coming What's, here, but I don't I don't believe that this is the end of time. Uh, one, we don't know. Uh, God will. Uh, God's not told anybody. Well, that. What's, what's, Go ahead, so, yeah, what's so interesting is I remember I remember being ten years old and listening to men that were probably 50 60 you know elders in the church saying like regurgitating some of those things that was that was 20 that was almost 30 years ago yeah right right? at 10 years old so but they said the same exact thing it's getting so bad you know like if man if you just knew what it was like when i was a young man 
you would see how crazy it's just going to hell in a handbasket. Then we look back 30 years, like actually, man, the, the nineties and two thousands were really reserved. Yeah. Like, yeah. When you think right. about it yeah, now exactly. in our culture, well, like, you, so tame. It's, it's you use, you use the word dude, sovereignty. Mm-hmm. I've been saying for years and I got this from somebody else. It was taught to me. The sovereignty and the providence of God are the two, other than the gospel are two of the most important things every Christian needs to understand because, because how you view God's sovereignty and providence affects your worry, your mm-hmm. doubt, all that stuff. If God, Joseph, knowing God's sovereignty over his life, allowed him to look at his brothers and say, what you meant for evil, God meant it. That's an important it mm-hmm. for good. What is the it thrown into a well, sold into slavery? God meant for those things to happen to him. He just meant them for a different reason than their brothers, right? Than his brothers. I've always thought of it like this, and I know Pastor Jody and I have talked about this. I don't know. I always find I struggle with God meant for that to happen, you know, God's perfect will. Um, In the Bible, we have countless instances where... The God God refers to Lucifer, the devil, the Lord of this world. Sure. Um, uh, I always go back to when he's being tempted in the garden. Uh, Lucifer says, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the earth. And it always bothered me that Jesus doesn't correct him. He's like, don't tempt me with that. So they're his to give. And so when I try to, when I try to understand bad things happening to me, to family members, to anybody, right? Why does God allow bad things to happen? I feel like this world is a really big chessboard. And um, for the most part, the devil's in control. He's just not as good Mm -hmm. at chess. So he'll make a move that was meant, the enemy will do something that's meant for evil, like throwing Joseph in the well. And, um, And God's like, man, I didn't want for that to happen, but I'm really good at chess, dude. Like, I'm so far ahead of you, that move is going to come back and bite you in the rear. Yeah, we differ there. Yeah. Oh, for so sure. We, yeah. di- we, di- we differ. And, I'm, and, and, and so this is a good conversation. We differ there because I believe that, that the reason Jesus responded the way he did to the devil is because he was saying to himself, they're not yours to give. Mm. Right? And- so interesting. We, we just differ there in our theology a little. Right. Um, I don't believe God's reacting to anything. Mm-hmm. I believe his plan was set into motion because his will is to teach us what love is. Right. Everybody asks, why would God do this to teach us what love is? Because we don't know what real love is. God is love. And so he's trying to teach his children what love is, right? What unconditional love is and what lo- unconditional love is to give. Right. But I don't, I don't believe that, that, that God, now I'm not telling you you're wrong. I'm saying my theology is different. I don't believe that God is reacting to anything. I don't believe God's going to wake up in the morning and say, I sustained Fergoza for 35 years and he up and died on me this morning. You know no. what I'm saying? I don't believe he's reacting. I right. believe when he enjoy it just so happens my devotion in my Bible reading, I'm going through Job right now, as you can tell. Yeah, and he says, I set their boundaries. I number their days. I believe the day that you die, or you're dying in the arms of God. 
Yeah, I, I'm not, and I guess it's it's tough to, it's almost like the question when we ask, you know, how did uh, how did I give my life to Christ? Did yeah. I choose God or did he choose me? Yes. Because we have, even in Job, we have some, some verses that really um, lay the foundation for the devil kind of doing, you know, doing things here. Uh, when Job's family is killed, it says the devil caused a mighty wind to Absolutely. blow down and kill him. It's like this guy's controlling the wind here. Yeah, after he asked permission, though. Right? Um, yeah, for and sure. God and God set so the there, boundary. There are there are boundaries of what he can do, and the uh, the interesting thing of um, you know of the theology of Lucifer being cast down from heaven. Um, that is, I, I believe that is the boundary. The Lord said, yeah. this is your world calls him the Lord of this world, you know, do as you may, sure. do as you may. People have, people have choice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always been a difficult thing for non-believers, um, to understand how a loving God could do or allow horrible things. And I've found that that explanation appeases more to at least helps them understand how that could even be possible. Like, hey, there's a. It helps them understand there is an enemy here at work. Yeah. Meaning, right. you know, God isn't the one. God isn't the one causing starvation and sex trafficking and all these horrible things. No, what what I, is actually causing that is sin. Yeah. Sin is causing all of that. From the day that Adam and Eve sinned, we now have the sin nature that is causing all yeah. of this. It has, and, and it will not be rectified until Jesus comes back. The yeah, only hope there. that we have to be able to get out of any of this is through the Son, Jesus Christ, uh, by re- believing in him by faith, uh, so that our hope is in heaven. It's not here on this earth. And as Christians, our goal ought to be able to tell everybody that. Like, you're not going to get out of this unscathed. You're all going to die. 100% every person that's born, 100% of them die. And we're not yeah. going to get off this earth without going through that death. And there's one of two things that can either happen. You either die and go to heaven or you die and go to hell. That's a sad truth, but it's true. You know, the good truth, the good news is that Jesus Christ came to be the propitiation for that sin, to be able to to in in uh, to invest in us, to give to us, to bleed for us, um, to be the perfect sacrifice, and that's that's all we need to be telling people. Now you know what's a good conversation is. God's totally sovereign, right? He's not surprised or reacting, but we're still responsible for our choices. Like Joseph's Mm. brothers don't get to say, well, Lord, this was your plan for his life. So if we wouldn't have thrown him into the well, then all this wouldn't have happened the way that you willed it to happen. Oh, no, 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 no. We don't get to say that, right? Right. So it's like this juxtaposition between God's sovereign will and our ability to make a choice and be responsible for those choices. Is it? Is it possible? Is it possible for your will to be overthrown by by God? Of course. Uh, jo- uh, listen, if if <laughs> Jonah had if Jonah had if Jonah had free will, 
<laughs> he would still be sailing the seven seas. Yeah. Moses would have never went on the trip. Stirring the pot, as yeah. always. I always tell people, hey, when did Paul let Jesus into his, his heart? heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that phrase. Or, or Nebuchadnezzar out eating grass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Choose that and so, for seven years. <laughs> and so that's, I guess that's, that's why I keep leaning in that direction um, with... Yeah. With a, you know, I, I, we've talked about it. I lean super Calvinistic mm-hmm. in that sense. And I, and I go back to Joseph in Egypt, not Joseph in Egypt. Well, I guess it's part of Joseph in Egypt. Uh, when we get to, uh, Pharaoh, <laughs> right. When uh, Joseph has died and then, you know, the new Pharaoh doesn't know the Israelites and then, you know, they basically get yeah. enslaved. Um, when, when Moses is there, uh, he says, Hey, let my people go. Pharaoh goes, okay, you guys can leave. Yeah. You guys can bounce out. And he's like, really? He's like, yeah, go ahead and get out of here. And then it says God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Yeah. And that's, and he's like, what? He was going to let him go? Yeah, he's going to let him go. He said, go for it. And then God hardened his heart. And then we have the plagues and then we have yeah. the destruction of Egypt. And so it's just, it's an interesting, it's really like these deep questions are really, really tough to answer especially for non-believers you know how does um there's a i took a course in uh college i forget the uh, professor's name but he had a book called for uh for his namesake and it goes through all the different times in the bible that talks about god did something like just strictly for his namesake to make his name great and that was one of the times in the bible where it says you know he hardened god's uh, he hardened Pharaoh's heart for his name's sake. In that same story, in that same story, what does he say even before all that? He says, I raised him up for this purpose. Yeah, and well, that it goes back to, it goes back to the painter and doing with the painting as he will. You know, God is the painter of all of us. He created us. He painted us. And, you know, uh, think about Banksy. Yeah. The famous painter yeah. Banksy who shredded did you see that where he shredded his picture? It had an right. he had a picture at auction and it was in this nice frame and um I guess he had given it to some to some buddy and basically said, like, don't ever auction it off, right? But they did anyway. And so as soon as it auctions off for actual money, it had a device inside the inside the frame that shredded the painting. No but how do you blame an artist? Is he guilty of something? No, it's his work. Right. He can do what he wills with his painting. Yeah. You know, you said something a while ago about the, the non-believers wanting to know. You know, the only thing that non-believers need to know is that Jesus Christ is who he is. And I think a lot of the times for Christians, even Christians, they don't go through the process of sanctification, just learning to be... Um, uh, growing in the grace and knowledge of jesus you know we we want to we want to go from salvation oh god yes by faith i believe in jesus christ bam i'm i'm filled with the holy spirit i'm saved now what's the doctrine of grace mean like instead of going okay let me read the bible what does genesis look like what mm-hmm. does exodus looks like you know instead of we try to jump into these things that we're not ready for and god's going to give us the knowledge of the things that we need to know as we need to know them and we we want to we want to play god a lot of times like give me the answer now let me i'll just i'll just source it out or flesh it out or whatever i got to do to get the answer and 
the next thing you know, we're Googling it, trying to figure out what our theology is, and it's all screwed up after that. And that's that's what I would encourage for, let's say you're not, you're not a believer listening. First of all, figure out who Jesus is. Know who Jesus is. Know that he, he was a 100% man, that he was 100% God, that he was prophesied in the Old Testament, that he was uh, revealed in the New Testament, and that he was born of a virgin birth, that he walked a sinless life, that he is who he says he is, and that he died for your sins. The moment that you believe that, by faith, you're saved. You're going to feel a difference. So you're, the old is going to go away, and the new is coming after that. And now just grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. Stop stop going after the stupid stuff. <laughs> I love that video that I posted the other day of Alistair Begg talking about yeah, the, the man metal, on the cross. Metal, and he's like, I, I can't wait till I get to meet this dude and be like, how did that shake out for you? <laughs> like, you've never been in church service. You didn't never been baptized. You've never done this. You've never done that. How did you get here? And he's like, that must have been what the angel said. Like, on what basis are you here? And, and he's like, I don't know. And he's like, well, and he started stumbling over his words and he's like uh I, I so he goes and gets the supervisor angel and the supervisor angel comes over and says so let's sit down let, do you understand are we clear on the on the doctrine of justification of faith <laughs> never heard of it he's like okay let's get to, let's just get to the doctrine of scripture uh do, do you understand this and he's like standing there with a blank stare and and finally the supervisor angel says how did you get here or on what basis are you here and the man on the on the that died on the you know that was saved on the uh, uh on the there cross looks at him and says yeah looks at him and says the man on the middle cross said i could come yeah here we go that's how i got I here can't, I, I can't wait to find that fellow one day to ask him how did that shake out for you because you were you were you were you were cussing the guy out with your friend You've never been in a Bible study. Yeah, you never got baptized. You, never, you didn't know a thing about church membership. And, and yet, you made it. You made it. How did you make it? That's what the angel must have said. You know, like, what are you doing here? Well, I don't know. What, what do you mean you don't know? Well, because like, I don't know. Well, you know, we, uh, did you? <laughs> so good, baby. Excuse me, let me get my supervisor. They go get the supervisor ranger. So, we have just a few questions for you. First of all, are you are you clear on the doctrine of justification by faith? Guys, <laughs> okay, so I never heard of it in my life. And and what about? Let's just go to the doctrine of scripture immediately. This guy's just staring. And eventually, in frustration, he says, "On on what basis are you here?" And he said, "The man on the middle cross." said I can come now now that's the that is the only answer that is the only answer that's good you know it's good for for guys like us to sit here and we talk about our theology we don't have to agree this that and the other but it's just like you said dude it's about the gospel it now it doesn't mean that the doctrine of justification by faith does not matter at some point in a Christian's life right. but if more Christians would stop studying that to try to prove how much they knew that somebody else didn't and be out there preaching the gospel, just like you said, the world would be a different place. It would. It would. You know? 100%. Well, the question, really the question is then what do you say, because again, I'm not, <clears throat> I don't have that conversation with believers. Right. 
I'm having the conversation with non-believers yeah. because there is no interest there for them to be saved. They mm -hmm. don't have an interest in being sure. saved. So me just giving them a simple of like, hey, man, you just believe in your heart and then you're saved. They're like, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm telling you that God doesn't exist. Yeah. I'm telling you that because of all the evil in the world, there is no God. I'm an agnostic or I'm an atheist. Yeah. And then we come into a, you know, apologetics. And so the only time I ever step into conversations like that, where I start, you know, leaning into an apologetic way of explaining faith or how that works is with someone who is an atheist. And so I guess that would just lead me into, you know, a question of, of two gentlemen who are much older than me. How do you, where do you approach or how do you approach that conversation of, um, I don't believe in God because there's too much evil. Right. Where do you go from there? Because you can't go, well, just believe in your heart. And he's like, no, you don't, I don't have any interest. Well, it's the absence of God that evil wins. Is when God is not involved, uh, evil will always overtake. And those that believe in Jesus need to be sharing the gospel more and more. It's not saying that bad things aren't going to happen. Um, because sin will always abound while we're here on this earth until Jesus comes back on the chosen day that God decides today's the day I'm calling them all back. Um, we will still have the trials and tribulations. It's been happening since the beginning, you know, it's, it's just going to happen. And, uh, our goal as Christians is to make sure that those who don't know Jesus and, or even God, I mean, you know, sometimes I was an atheist. I didn't believe in God prior to giving my life how in did 2003. You, how did you, how did people talk to you about God when you were an atheist? Well, people so, loved on him. Yeah. Well, people, people were praying for me that I didn't know at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, that's something that you can do that people cannot stop, number one. But um, I was kind of like you. I mean, I was having conversations with Christians that I was able to stump based on my understanding of what little understanding that I had of the Bible, which was probably more than most Christians, mm -hmm. as well as my understanding of science and, you know, the Big Bang and, you know, all of the questions that you get now. What changed my life was looking at my kids and realizing my kids didn't come from a cesspool of algae. Mm -hmm. Just being able to look in their eyes at one and two years old and realize that they're looking at something that they're, you know, looking at me, they're hearing my voice, somehow that is going into their brain and becoming a memory. And they're, they know my face, they know my voice. And I'm thinking, you know, the whole time while I'm looking at them, you know, their eyes are perfectly round. And they have this nerve in the back that's going back into their brain. And somehow it's trans transmitting information. Yeah. And then all the while that information is going in there and they're cooing and gaga and all this kind of stuff their brain is functioning continuing to allow their body to function their lungs are be uh going up and down their heart is beating the blood is going through their body and i realized that day it wasn't it wasn't the moment that i believed in Jesus, mm -hmm. it was the moment that I realized there's something bigger in this world than yeah. me because they were created. They and were not. Okay, they didn't that runs back assist, to, I think it's Romans. That runs back to Romans <laughs> where they ask Paul, what about those who have not heard? Mm -hmm. um, they have no excuse. They see it in nature. You yeah, know, you, right. it's very, very difficult to look at 
another human being to look at a tree to look at to look at the um to look at our lungs in an uh in um the way that our our blood vessels are set up and all right. the above and you look at the lungs and, and the way that the veins go and then you take a tree and you flip it upside down it's the same it's structure same. Yeah, exactly. and it's just like oh wow like this looks or, like there's a design so, behind this so at work and you know this because i've talked to you about it for the last 20 months i manage a guy that is probably one of the most intelligent people i've ever met in my life he believes that one day that his life will will that they will come out with technology to where his life will be extended and he will live on mars he is he drives a tesla he's just one of those guys and he is an atheist and i have planted seed after seed after seed and when i'm starting to notice some changes in his countenance towards conversations that we have for god and i can tell you that that what's caused it is he sees who i am and i'm not perfect and he knows that i love him that I don't yeah. think he's stupid, that I don't think he's an idiot. The other day I told him, I said, I don't think you're stupid. I don't think you're an idiot. I said, the only thing I think of when, when I think of you is that I love you and I don't want you to go to hell. And I pray one day that God opens and reveals himself to you. And his countenance changed right in front of me. He's still a long way, and I may never see it. But I know that God is using me to plant the seeds and i am fearless i am listen everything about my life at work to everybody i talk to comes from a follower of jesus perspective mm -hmm. they know it it's i do not mm -hmm. i'm not trying to make waves with it unless somebody challenges me or challenges the gospel but i am going i am going to wear jesus on my sleeve to people and it, and it goes back to what you always say about relationships they don't mm -hmm. know they don't care they, what, what do you always say they don't care how much you know until they know how much he you knows care. i care about him yeah. man he knows i love him yeah. and he looked at me the other day and he said ben if i knew more christian if i had met more christians like Ben Neely, then maybe I wouldn't have the view that I have. And that's all God, because I'm an idiot, dude. Like I'm, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not yeah. Eric, right? You know what I'm saying? Right. I, I don't translate that way to people. Right. right. It's a beautiful thing, but he sees something and it's all God. That's good. Because sometimes I want to look at him and right. be like, you are an idiot. Right. Like you're ever learning and never coming to the knowledge of the truth. Right. You just use the verse. People think they're so smart when in reality, the sun, the clouds, the trees, the babies, your eye, the way you, all that stuff yeah. you just talked about, it's right in front of you and you missed it just like they missed right. Jesus. There was a uh, uh, guy on Joe Rogan's podcast. I don't know if you saw this, but he was talking about, um, matter of fact, it was Matt Walsh. No, not Matt Walsh. I can't remember. It was one of those guys on the Daily Wire or whatever. Got but it. Joe was asking if he believed in the Bible, everything in the Bible. And the guy was like, yeah, I, I believe from Genesis to Revelations. And he was like, uh, he goes, you know, the, I got a buddy of mine who says, man, if you guys would just give us one miracle in the science world, then we could prove everything else. And it was that one miracle was the Big Bang. Like, mm -hmm. if you could just give us that one miracle, then we could tell you how all the cells work and the form, like, you know, all of this kind of stuff. But we can't because you know, one, you're not going to give us a miracle for the big bang, right. you know, for whatever that is. It's just kind of, it's like, yeah, that's how they think is that if we, we can explain everything all the way up to the big bang, but we can't explain the big bang. 
you know, like whatsoever. Have you ever yeah. seen they have a map, like a, a drawing of the Big Bang and everything in the universe that literally would have had to happen right. for this to be the way that life was formed? It's 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 impossible. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you one of the best books to read, um, and for Goza, this might be something that you can give your friends is uh Lee Strobel's uh Case for Creation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a yeah. great book and it's very analytical, it's scientific. Uh he's a uh, a Harvard or a Yale trained um journalist, uh, investigative journalist and he set out in the 70s and 80s to matter of fact his wife got saved in the Jesus movement. He went out to disprove Jesus as yeah. an investigative journalist. Next thing you know, he gets saved and then he started writing these books and it's called The Case for Creation. Mm-hmm. And what he does is he goes and talks to a scientist about the probability of all of these things happening, you know, the Big Bang and all of that kind of stuff. And he's got a book called The Case for Christ. And he gives a great example. He goes to a mathematician and a very, very well known mathematician. And he asks, you know, here's all the things that are written about Jesus and here's what he did and here's how he did it and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, here's what it was in the Bible. Can you statistically tell me that if, is there anybody in the world that would be like this guy, you know, just statistically speaking. And he said, you know, after a few weeks, months, whatever, the guy came back and he gave him an example. And he said, listen, if you were to take and put a two foot fence around the state of Texas, and fill it with quarters and throw one red quarter in the middle and tell a blind guy to go out and get the red quarter. He said, that's the likelihood of it being anybody yeah. else but Jesus. That's right. you know, so he gives you those kind of examples uh, throughout the Bible. Well, but, I, believe he's throughout the same, the I believe it's the same individual who, um, I'm pretty sure I know, I mean, I, I know his face, um, and I'm pretty sure I know his work because I've, I've read parts of Case for Christ but it's either him or another individual. And again, this goes back to like apologetically how you were explaining this to people. Um, they just take a really scientific, uh, another great guy is Stephen Meyer. If you don't mm-hmm. know who that is, he does a, a killer bang up job of this. But uh, he, he explains the Big Bang like this. If you had uh, space, but you didn't have time, when would you put it? If you had matter and no and space, space, right? where? Would you put it? Uh-huh. So you have space, matter, and time. Those three things have to exist simultaneously. Perfectly. Yeah. In order to even exist. Because if you have one without the other, they it, the whole exists. thing the whole thing right. falls apart. And so something, and then this is back to um, you know, there has to be causation. You had to have space, matter, and time all had to come to into existence in the same instance. Mm-hmm. So whatever created them outside of themselves, that is a, what we are referring to as God. Sure. Right. And so like when you're working within the sciences, when you explain it in that fashion, it becomes a lot easier um, to not only, you know, disprove a, a big bang or some type of um, spontaneous action those three things have to have to coexist um and you cannot have one without the other right. yeah. you can't have space yeah. without you know the other two well, you can't have creation without god 
<laughs> Put it simply. Well, so I, can, I think well, the problem is I agree with you, but you can't tell an atheist simple like that. So, oh, you can't have no. you know you can't again, have creation think, with a guy. Ben said a while ago, it's the relationship. You've got yeah. to build the relationship to Agreed. to get them to see because one, they can't disprove God, um, but you can prove God. You can prove God through. I mean, just think about the the, the miracle that it takes for a body, you know, one to to be born. I mean, think about, like, if you were to look at um, an egg and a sperm cell in, the, in a microscope and just look at them, I mean, it would be, I mean, it'd be like a uh, jellyfish. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just, you're just looking at something that doesn't make sense, period. You put those two together, and now I'm a 210-pound, you know, six foot on a good day you know, 54 year old man, like how, how, how did that, how did that happen? Yeah. I mean, you're literally taking something that's microscopic to, 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 to who I am. I got better at preaching the gospel and, and, and being a better example when I stopped trying to convince people. Right. We just talked about the thief on the cross. The thief on the cross was cussing Jesus. Mm -hmm. Next thing you know, he looks at the others, the, the other thief and he says, this man's done nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. The Bible says nobody can call the Lord, Lord, but by the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit that revealed to him in that moment that this is Jesus Christ, right? right. That's because he called him Lord. Mm-hmm. Now, the Bible says nobody calls the Lord, Lord, but by the Holy Spirit, right? right? That's all we got to do is be an example, plant some seeds, and the Holy Spirit's going to do the rest. Isaiah, I believe it's Isaiah 66 too. Man, man, in all his wisdom, deemed the world round in 1492. Maybe, maybe it was somebody before that. Somebody has told me before. Well, somebody said it before Christopher Columbus. The Book of Isaiah was written between 650 and 750 BC, if I, if my memory serves me correct. The Bible says he sits above the circle of the earth and the, and, and looks at the inhabitants below like grasshoppers. We have known the word of God. God has known the world was round since about 2,100 years before Christopher Columbus said it was round. We just don't read it. Well, think about that. So think about the irony because you're talking about, you know, what we, how we preach the gospel um, is stop trying to convince people. Right. Well, think about the irony of someone like me who's incredibly Calvinistic and simultaneously into apologetics because if you're calvinistic i don't believe again i lean super hard calvin i'm like i can't convince you you know but the reason i'm into apologetics is what paul says be ready to give an account for what you believe and why you believe it yeah i'm into apologetics because i want to understand what i believe and why yeah so i can give an answer when someone who doesn't believe they say well hold on this is crazy what you believe why I can lay out why I believe that. So when I do show them love, they don't think I'm a a, a brainless person who just loves everybody. Sure. You know, a dog yeah. loves everybody. No, I get it. You know, so I think the reason I lean so hard into, you know, digging into apologetics is not for, it's not for my own edification, um, but it but it is for um, the building up of my own beliefs. You know, you... Mm-hmm you really start understanding what you believe when you start digging into it. Cause I don't believe I can convince anybody. The Holy spirit does that. 
Well, the more I share, the more I learn. Romans I also like tells us that hearing comes, uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. And mm-hmm. so we have to speak the gospel in order for people to be saved. They have to hear the gospel. They have to know uh, what we're telling them. Um, we, we don't know who's chosen. You know, that's why we are commanded in Matthew 28, 19 to go in and make disciples oh, yeah. of all nations. And so you got no argument all of those. Me. Yeah. All of those things that we have to do uh, as Christians and we do it in love. And that, yeah. I think that's the big deal is, you know, like what we we're saying a while ago, the man, the, the moment that you help somebody move or you help somebody with their car, you help somebody just, man, you put an arm around them and tell them you love them. And um, it's it's it changes their life. You know, and then what you see is uh, the Holy Spirit on you and in you um, does something to them because they see that the words that you speak aren't just, and unfortunately for the majority of the world, they believe that we're hypocrites, which we are. Um, (laughs) Well, that's kind of the point, isn't it? (laughs) I mean, I I I remember Zig Ziglar, a guy said, uh, a guy said to him, he said, well, I don't go to church because there's too many hypocrites. And Zig Ziglar looked at him and said, well, if the hypocrites standing closer to God than you are, I wouldn't use that argument. Mm -hmm. Right. We're all, that's the point. I told him, I told this guy the other day at work, I said, I told him, I said, the only difference between you and me is I'm forgiven. Right. I believe that I have to believe in Jesus Christ to be saved. Right. I said, that's the only difference. I've done way worse things than you have. Yeah. You know, yeah. at a cellular level, he's got a way higher character than me, I think. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. The difference is. Morally better. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. The difference is, is I know that, that my moral goodness is, is nothing to God right. and that I needed a savior. And God, God saved me. But dude, I'm extremely Calvinistic without being Calvinistic. Like, I don't know what the five, I don't know what the tulip is, but you know me, I'm sovereignty of God. But just what Jody said, I do believe that God knows every single person that will ever be saved already. He chose them, but we don't know. And that's why we have to, to, to plant the seeds. God's using us to, to, plant those seeds and to water those seeds so he can bring so the holy spirit can bring forth the harvest and he uh and he uses broken things absolutely i I mean that's that's pretty pretty powerful um i've always not hated doing anything like i love doing podcasts so Mm -hmm. I've, i've been doing podcasts for a really long time this show's always been difficult because I've never wanted anyone to think that I'm like preaching or teaching from a spot of like, I got it figured out. Right. You know, um, no, I am the, I'm the worst of us. Trust me. I do not have it figured out. Um, you know, one of the things that I try to teach is above reproach, um, as Christians, because we are called to share the gospel. And the one thing that will keep you from sharing the gospel or making disciples or uh, getting into a uh, biblical conversation is your guilt. The moment that you start feeling guilty about the things that you've done or that I'm not worthy or that I've sinned and I did all that, um, we are empowered with the Holy Spirit and uh, repentance. We're empowered with that. You know, we repent of that. And when we repent, we truly do that. That is gone. We should not think about it. You know, learning to forgive ourselves is a greater um, uh 
hardship, I think, for most believers, yeah. you know, because that's what the enemy, we were talking about the Satan a while ago. The enemy's sly. He's been doing this a long time, and he knows exactly what to do and when to do it. And if he can get you to sin or to just step into something that you didn't necessarily want to, um, he's got you because then all of a sudden you start feeling guilty and I'm not worthy and I shouldn't speak this. And, you know, as Christians, we need to live in a place of above reproach, meaning that you can't accuse me of anything that anything, period. What makes it doesn't that make it an interesting conversation when it comes to like the Pharisees and how he approached them? Mm-hmm. You know, they they were in that position. Well, you can't accuse me of anything. And he's like, I'll tell you this: if you think about adultery, I didn't say I was okay. sinless yeah, though. No, yeah, I didn't sure. say I was I, sinless. Again, I'm, I'm just, saying, I'm saying, I, you can't accuse me of anything, and that's being above reproach. In other words. Or it uh, would sound ridiculous to accuse so, you. So for an example, the sin in my life compared to 20 years ago is I battle with my mind. Where 20 years ago, I was battling with the flesh. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I was doing the things that I didn't want to do. I was drunk. I was, you know, smoking. smoking and, you know, not that smoking will send you to hell, just make you smell like you've been there. Love men. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> just joking. <laughs> I rebuke that comment. Never do that. Say, uh, faithful cigar smoker, yeah. I rebuke you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I meant, you know, but the sins now that I have in my life 20 years later, uh, as I've grown in the grace uh-huh. and knowledge of Jesus, is far less. Um, of the outward stuff. Yeah, and like, I've always so, liked that phrase that you use. I, I'm not sinless. Right. I sin less. Exactly. Yeah, and you know, with 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 unbelievers, I have also found it very valuable. I don't I'm not we don't have the problem is not sins. It's sin. Sin, original sin puts us all on a different on a on a pl- on a level playing field right so yeah. i can talk to an unbeliever about the sins that they have and they can look back at me and say well you you do this 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 and this it's different but it's the same but if i connect with them with the story with the with the with the sin that that we were all born dead that sin entered the earth through one man's disobedience and now it takes one man's obedience and sacrifice to clear us of all that sin. That's where now we're on a level playing field. We all started at the same spot. Amen. We were all born dead in our sin. That's good. And then we can start to talk about sins after that. Well, and that's that's the problem with, you know, uh, trying to debate with somebody who is doesn't know the truth. Yeah. You know, it's 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 um it's foreign to them. You know, it makes no sense. It's foolishness is what the Bible says uh, to them. So when you're trying to, um, I'll call it Bible thumping, when you're trying to Bible thump somebody, they just, you know, they get defensive. Next thing you know, they're, um, you know, they're combating and they're arguing and they're debating and one thing leads to another and you're, you're, nobody's listening to each other. Where if you start the relationship in love, in getting to know them, in um, you know, just a commonality. Yeah. Once you figure that out, then uh, the little seeds can start to start be planted. Yeah, you know. But most people, like when I share the gospel, it's usually because I built the relationship first. Even if it's five minutes, you know. Like sometimes I'll see uh, people and 
somebody will come to the house and do some work or, you know, at the church or something like that. And I just start carrying on a conversation and one thing opens, opens the door. And the next thing you know, I'm shit, but I've already started the relationship building. And so it can happen relatively quick if you're prepared for it. I can, I can, I can tell you quite honestly that the reason why I've been able to make the changes in my life, you know, God gets all the glory. Mm -hmm is because of the relationship that God built between me and you. Mm. I trust you. Right. I can I Amen. can I can tell you that Anthony is my best friend. Mm -hmm. Me and you were not best friends. You right. have friends longer than me. You're my pastor. We are friends, but we're not right. we don't hang out that often right. other than at church stuff. Right. But I'm telling you right now when the rubber meets the road, I know I can call you and I can confess anything in my life and you're going to love on me. You are going to uh, be hard on me, right? Right in love, mm -hmm. and you are going to tell me what I need to do, or this is going to happen. Amen. You know what I'm saying? Like Amen. that. It's that relation. It's the only reason I'm still in the church. Right. There's been many a times where I always felt like, you know what, I need a new start. <laughs> but it's always been that loyalty right. between you and I that that allowed me to grow and stick Amen. with it and swallow my pride and become more humble and just say, you know what? You messed up, move forward and keep going. You're not right. going to run. You're not going to leave. Right. You're not going to bail Amen. because he's never bailed on you. And it's that relationship that has allowed me to grow and Amen. still be part of this and the church and serving and leadership and all that. That's all, awesome. you know? Yeah. God is good. It's man. about the relationship. It is. It is. You're you know, exactly what's, right. What's really interesting. I was thinking about this and it will segue into what we're talking about next. Um, the, the evidence that everyone knows that there is a God is because how much everyone loves justice. Yeah. Like we mm -hmm. love justice. Anytime you hear about an injustice, whether you're a believer or you're an atheist, there's something inside of you that's universal and it just bubbles up and you're like, ah, oh, this needs to, this wrong needs to be righted. That's right. This wrong needs to be righted, um, which segues us perfectly into what we're talking about next. <laughs> so there was uh, obviously we had two. Was it? Has it been two years? When did January sixth happen? It was uh, a year ago. No, wasn't it 2020? I think it was 2020, two years so, ago. So <clears throat> We're coming up on the two-year anniversary. The three-year anniversary. No, two-year Two-year anniversary. Two anniversary. Right, okay. um, and I think two weeks ago, we didn't have a podcast. We didn't talk about it. No, it's 2023. Is so it, it 20, just, Oh, yeah, my so God. It's just three years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Three years oh ago. Yeah, three years ago. <clears throat> well, there's a guy. Would you call him the shaman? The shaman. Yeah. yeah. The shaman. The shaman. <laughs> the shaman. Hold on. We got to bring. He's got guy like up. a buffalo fur on I got, his head. I, got or something. I don't even know don't what it was. Yeah. Don't you worry. I got overlays for this one. So all the January six footage became public for us to view, and like a couple days after that happened, uh, Tucker Carlson over at Fox News let out some footage of that dude walking through the Capitol being led by security, mm -hmm. being led by security, opening up, you know, security's opening up doors for him, letting him around. This dude, his name is Jacob Chansley. He's been in prison the last three years. Right. He's been in prison for breaking into the Capitol. And, uh, and it looks like maybe... Maybe he didn't. Maybe they right. just walked him around. Just walked him around. Nothing's what it seems. Yeah, exactly. 
you know, it's funny. Um, I just, I have, I haven't had trust in the government forever, you know. Careful, they're listening. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> you know, I haven't, I honestly, I just haven't had any trust. And, you know, it's, it's, it's literally, you cannot believe anything coming out of that place. I used to travel a lot for business and um, I would fly in to certain places. And for some reason, you guys remember um, uh, Ghostbusters? Oh, yeah. You know, remember the evil ooze that yeah. was underneath, you know, New York? Yeah. And it was, if you touched it, you're fighting and all that kind of That's stuff. That's a good analogy. You know, so yeah. when, I, when I would fly in to, to, there's two places that I flew into quite, quite regularly. One of them was Vegas and the other one was D.C., Mm-hmm. Both and I, I flew all over the place. It wasn't just those two places, but I did those quite regularly. Every time that I would fly in, and I was a Christian at the time, and still am, um, would fly into Vegas. And the the second that I would get within touchdown, I would just feel this nastiness all over me. And uh, it was worse in D.C. when I would fly into D.C into Dulles and then drive into DC and it would just be like, Oh my gosh, this e-, it just like, you could just feel the nastiness, the evil ooze that was underneath that place. And I spent about two weeks there and had the opportunity to, um, to go to a couple churches and, you know, just see, see what was going on. And, um, you know, it was kind of this, the same thing. They were all just, you know, they would always pray for the nation's capital, you know, every yeah. time they would start off. And I think that's where, we've probably failed as Christians uh, to be praying for the nation's capital and our leaders. You know, we're called to pray for them as much as possible, but there, there's something going on in the United States right now. Um, twofold. I think, you know, the enemy is no longer hiding. Satan's, he's done hiding. You know, he's coming out full force, whether it's woke or the LGBTQ or transgenderism or adultery or, you know, just just debauchery. You know, I mean, it's not even hiding anymore. You know, when I was growing up, you hid that kind of stuff and it was in the seedy places of the world. And now it's just out in the open. Second thing that I think that's happening is um, I do believe there is a revival in people's hearts happening, too. I think probably the more evil that it gets, um, the more the godly will stand out and people will be searching for that. They'll be looking for that hope that these people have. And, uh, you know, you you can't trust the TV. You can't trust the politicians. You can't trust the media, but you can trust Jesus. That's the cool thing is that you can trust what the word of God says. And I think the, 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 you know, as the two polar polars the good and the evil is as they get um you know stronger and stronger whether they're closer and closer i think you know you're going to see these things you're starting to see hollywood uh for an example of an evil ooze so to speak um you're starting to see people actually stand up and talk about their faith yeah i don't know if you saw jim carrey recently came out um he preached the gospel yeah like holy cow it was good um you got Matthew McConaughey talking about it. You got Kelsey Grammer talking about Jesus. Like you, you're starting to see these people step yeah. up that haven't really stepped up before. As you see the evil rise, I think you're starting to see, you know, 
pockets of revival happen. We're seeing these little, you know, pockets of praise and worship hitting. Um, I can't wait till the gospel hits the streets and people start repenting and come to know Christ. And I think that's what you're going to start seeing closer to the end of days. You're going to see such a, a dichotomy of the good and evil that it's going to make you see um, that there that there is a God. I think we're going to start seeing more and more people come to know Jesus through this through this crazy time. I yeah. just I don't know why I feel that. I you know it's just a just a feeling that I have. But I keep seeing these little things happening. Well, that the I, battle lines are drawing. I think they, so, yeah. you you can see That's it good. more now than than maybe term. you've ever been able to right. see for. I mean these these politicians and you know me. I don't watch the news, mm-hmm. so I don't have in depth knowledge of any of this. But but I do see enough to where like the something will be going on and then the politician stands up and goes everything's fine right exactly it's like dude who did you think you're manipulating like but there are people that are just swallowing no everything's fine what you're seeing is not true right what uh do you think so you talked about like this distrust of of government do you think it's just entities that people create are bound to fail um you because you you talked about revival as well and it and it brought to mind um, the the Ashbury revival. Mm-hmm. The school shut it down. Did you yeah. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. They said, you know, we have to we gotta we, get back to school. Yeah, we yeah. got to get back to school. <laughs> and you think it's just, and it's a Christian school. Do you think that potentially um, it's just organization as a whole eventually eats itself? Oh, I um, think so. I, they, I was yeah. I was listening to somebody talk about government as a whole and they said well the problem is no one is controlling government mm-hmm. government is the size that it is because you know the left hand doesn't know what the right hand right. is doing and no one has control of it it's just a an organization it's an, organization. Yeah. It's an organism yeah. that has gotten out of control right. and it cannot it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy it can't be shut down because in order to shut it down, it would have to be self-aware. Well, yeah, and, that, and it can't be self-aware because it's not. It's just a system that we built that is so broken. Which is, yeah. Well, I yeah, think, it's I not, think a move it, of God. Excuse me. I, go I was, a move go of God is going to be uncomfortable, and yeah. people aren't ready for that. You know, whether it's yeah. a school shutting itself down. You know, okay, so it shuts itself down. The kids don't get degrees. Um, you know, the school loses money, you know, it just kind of, you know, all of a sudden they start thinking that way, even though they are just being a little uncomfortable. And, uh, I think, I think, I think the church will miss out on a revival because it doesn't want to get uncomfortable. Yeah. It's not, it's not by the people for the people anymore. It's the, the, the government is being run by organizations and money. You know what I'm saying? It's not what it was meant to be. Exactly. And I don't I don't fault the founding fathers. I don't think you could look that far out and see that well, these large corporations right. and these these what are they called? Uh they did they lobbyists did. and the stuff lobbyists, were gonna be right. throwing money and just paying people off and this, right. that, and the other. I'm trying to keep us from getting canceled. They did look that far out and I hesitated to say it. Um, but they said from time to time the tree of liberty will need to be replenished with blood. Yeah. Right. So they looked that far out. Yeah. It's terrifying. You're right. like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to be clear. Right. I ain't calling for it. That's not what I said. That's right. I'm yeah. repeating no. what <laughs> our founding fathers wrote. Take it easy. Man, I'm God's the, ways trying to start a civil war. <laughs> the powers that be. But I think yeah. they did think that far out. I think they knew that organization as a whole 
um, inherently would destroy itself. Yeah. Um, I don't, again, you just look at, <clears throat> you look at corporations and the bigger the corporation gets, they get further and further away from their original mission. Right. Now I work for a giant fortune 500 and there are so many times, um, within the organization where, um, I pull them aside and I'm like, Hey dude, we got, we got pillars, you know, I know what our pillars are and I feel like that's like 20 30 percent of the time right now we're not sticking to our pillars ah yeah but this is one of those situations that you know and every company does that the larger you get the harder it becomes to stick close to what you originally intended to be yeah right um and i don't think that's a fault of the people running any company any government um there's individuals you know, within that system that's broken, there's individuals who are doing really, they're trying really, really hard to keep it afloat and turn it, you know, and turn the ship right. Um, I, I don't know if there is a tangible solution. It's getting, um, when you can't trust what the news is saying. Uh, I've been on a book reading project this year and I just finished up a couple of weeks ago reading uh, Propaganda, which was... Um, a book that I think was recommended by another book I love, Trust Me, I'm mm-hmm. Lying by Ryan Holiday, another great one. Um, you're just watching the news and you, like, you know, like, it's you've propaganda. read. propaganda. Yeah, you're yeah. like, well, hold on. Right, exactly. That's, that's not, that's not even true what you just said. Yeah. And you're the, you're the press secretary right. of the United States of America. Well, and we lie. know that's a lie. They lie flat out and don't even think twice about yeah, it. Yeah, this know? is the pillar. Yeah, you're exactly right. Right. I've got a I've got a friend who's leaving a church because they named a a a homosexual man an elder. Right. They they don't take the word of God serious. No. They allowed him into the church. Fine. Right. He can be saved just like anybody else. Mm-hmm. But there's no change in the behavior. Right. There's no repentance, and now you've named them elder. You've gotten away from the pillar. He's exactly right. The best companies stick to their core. We call them core values. values yeah. And when they get away from those, what Rome fell because why? They got so big, they started allowing all yeah, these everything. other nations and these people in with all these different ideas, yeah. right? And it's the same thing with the church. Yeah. We get away from the core values. The Bible says this, but you know what? We're going to err on here, and we're going to allow this, and now we've got denominations and, you know, this, that, and the other. It's, it's, It's crazy. It is crazy. Well, guys, if you don't stick with the Word of God, you will fall away from the Word of God. The next thing you know, you're going to be in the world. Uh, We're not to be in the world. Um, We're not to be of the world. We are to be in the world um, sharing the gospel. Loving those who are unlovable, taking care of those who are in need, uh, taking care of the widows and the orphans, and we need to do a better job of that. Um, The end of days, whether they're coming in our lifetime or not, we don't know, Uh, but they are getting shorter and shorter um, as we grow older, and so there is an urgency for us to go out and share the gospel, the good news to all those who will listen. You can't make them listen but who those who will listen there's no reason why you shouldn't be sharing the love of jesus christ because that's our hope even in all this scary nasty the banks the government the, all this crap i i honestly i am not scared mm-hmm. one bit matthew six thirty three. i'm going to seek jesus in his righteousness that's all i'm going to do i preached yeah. that yesterday yeah and uh seek ye first the kingdom of god yes and all these things will be added to you and god will take care of us it may not 
look like what you want it to, but he will take care of you, and we've got to be ready for it. We've got to be ready for all things and make sure that you stay focused on him and in the in the Word of God, period. So awesome, guys. Well, I tell you what, it is uh, 9.30. Why don't we go ahead and wrap up tonight? And, uh, again, thank you, Ben. I'm glad you're back, man. Yeah. It was a good conversation. It was, good. It was a real good conversation. It was good. Ragoza, great job producing over there. And, I missed uh, I missed quite a bit at the beginning. Yeah, that's I, all right. I, I reeled it in. That's all right. Well, people are listening to it on podcast. They won't know that you weren't uh, paying attention, paying flipping attention. back and forth flipping with back. the camera. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I was on MySpace. <laughs> yeah. Well, folks, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, again, my name is Jody Burkeen. I'm the founder of Man Up God's Way Men's Ministry and the host of the Man Up God's Way podcast. Um, my co-host with Fergoza and Ben Neely. Thank you guys again for being here. Uh, make sure that you check us out uh, tomorrow. This podcast will be on uh, Spotify, a- iTunes, and Apple, um, or Google Play. So make sure that you go check it out. God bless. You've been listening to the Man Up God's Way podcast. Visit us on Facebook, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, and our website at manupgodsway.org.